0: Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. I am here with Alex, who has kindly agreed to talk about his experiences going through the entirety of the foundation course here at Mandarin Blueprint. And uh, uh, Alex, did you also take the uh, Pronunciation Mastery course?
1: I did, yeah. Yeah, awesome. so that was my kind of route into, the, into Mandarin Blueprint. So I'd, I'd kind of heard about the course from a few different people um, and thought I'd try it out. So Tried the, Excellent.
0: Uh, Excellent. But why did you want to explain? learn Chinese in the first place?
1: Um, good question. I mean, so I um I, I used to work at a company where I had a, a lot of customers in China. Um it was like an automotive testing company. Um and we used to get a lot of emails from them, sort of with a, a block of English, and then what they were actually trying to say in Chinese underneath it. Um, and they would always come across as very blunt, quite rude. Um, and then I would go out to China and I'd meet the guys that were sending me these emails and they were just really nice, you know, really friendly. Yeah. And and there was this sort of like idea in our, in our department that these people were really rude. Um, and so, at that point, I could tell that there was clearly some sort of language barrier going on. You know, more, more than the obvious, like it's hard for them to communicate, I could tell there was something that was, was going wrong. Um, right. So I, I started picking it up um, and I, I got a tutor um, online and sent her a couple of these emails. Um, I was like, can you, like, are they, are they actually sort of being really demanding? or whatever, and, and she's like, no, they're, they're really not. Like, if you look, there was loads of like, doubled up verbs in where they were trying to soften what they were saying, and mm-hmm. you xia at the end of loads of sentences. And when you stick that to the translator, it just never comes across. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I thought, right, like, I need to, to be able to sort of read. Um, and, and a lot of the time I'd get sent to, to, to China for a trip um on two days notice and i've got my own um and it was a really strange experience being somewhere where if if i didn't have somebody with me who could translate i was totally lost and i couldn't do yeah. anything um yeah. and obviously didn't enjoy that experience but also seeing the people that i worked with who could translate and and could sort of function in that environment and how much more they got out of, of the visits than, than I did. Um, kind of really pushed me on that.
0: That's a really interesting story to hear just because um, it kind of illustrates the problem with going purely off of the uh, translation technology. You know, and uh, obviously we all kind of know intuitively that it's not perfect, but certainly when it comes to matters of tone, like tone of voice, not like the Mandarin tones, like tone of voice, it uh, so much gets lost in translation and, uh, you know, and then it's just sort of natural, we can't help it if we read a translation and it's like, you know, get this part to us by tomorrow or whatever and it's just like hey why don't you say please you know it's just sort of a natural thing uh to happen and so and i'm glad it sounds like you had the right sort of uh attitude about it which is like okay well if i actually learned the language and got some sense of it and learned you know some of these conventions like doubling up the verb um then you might be able to have a better uh situation and sort of like that recognition that you made upon going to china and realizing oh wait they're way more friendly than i thought i feel like that's such a major part of what the west and china need to figure out about each other a lot of the time because um that's my entire experience being here for over a decade is like what we think of and our assumptions and the stereotypes we have about china are often you know i mean as with many things there's like an element of truth to them but they're often way too uh, low resolution, they're not clear enough. And that if you Absolutely. really dig into it, you'll find that they're yeah. mostly wrong. And so that's, um, uh, you know, big respect to you for deciding to solve that problem within your own brain by learning the language. So that that's a great sort of starting point. But you mentioned that you used to work for this company. Are you not uh, working for them anymore?
1: Yeah, so I, I changed, um, changed career sort of through the, the, the pandemic. i and got a, a new opportunity which is kind of closer to home, um, and it, it's in sort of the medical technology industry, um, which is obviously quite hot right now um, mm-hmm. with sure. the with everything that's going on. Um, and yeah, so I I was originally commuting a, a really long way um, to go and do that. It was kind of my first job after university, right? Um, so yeah, but um, I mean, I'm still in, in like software engineering and electric, uh, like electronics engineering. Um, so I still have quite a lot of dealings with people in China, and you know, we use a lot of parts that come with a, a data sheet that's exclusively in Chinese. So there's the odd bit of, you know, reading here and there to try and figure out what the thing actually does, um, which is yeah, yeah it was, you know, it's a really useful thing to have.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So tell, so tell me about like when you fantasize about what you'll be able to do when you can speak Mandarin and, and communicate in Mandarin, function in the language, you know, what types of things do you think about doing? Uh, is it mostly work related or do you imagine, you know, more travel that you could do around China? Like tell me a little bit about, you know, what you would do with it once you get to the level of fluency that you, that you hope to reach.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I mean, particularly in, in the industry that I work in, Being able to have business level conversations in Chinese would be incredibly useful, because I've seen what it's like to try and have those conversations in English. Where, I mean, it's a very, very English thing to just assume that somebody will speak English. Mm -hmm. We are terrible for doing that. American (laughs) too. Yeah, and I think you know, I, I I grew up. Not speaking another language. Um, and sort of, well, I got to, to 21 and, and was like, right, I, I need to learn something else. So I, I'm a French, like I'm a fluent French speaker. Um, and that was kind of my first realization of like, ah, oh, like this is actually really useful. I don't spend that much time in France and I don't spend that much time speaking to French people. But when I do, it really improves my interactions with those people. Sure. And it also gives you like a really good insight into a different culture as well, and I think Chinese is that, that like magnified ten times because I mean France is just next door for us, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're not really that different. Um, whereas, you know, like the first time that I landed in um, Fuzhou, like mm-hmm. it was the biggest culture shock. I had gone out expecting a culture shock, and what I got was just so much more than what I yeah. could have expected. Um, and so to be able to like, interact with those people on a more personal level, whether that's through work or, or to be able to travel. And I, and I think I think China is just, obviously it's such a huge place, but it most of it feels inaccessible to a Westerner, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, you kind of know if you go to Beijing, or if you go to Hong Kong, that you're probably gonna get like, you can probably get away with speaking English, generally, um, and you'll be all right. But if you if you go anywhere else, you're going to really struggle. Um, and I think having that ability to be able to converse with people would just change, you know, the experiences that I could have traveling around China and and, and across Asia as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think about that all the time when I'm, you know, because I've, obviously I've been able to function for a while now, but uh, I still try to, you know, count my blessings when I'm in situations where I can uh, navigate. Like just um, uh, last week, my girlfriend was having, you know, some stomach discomfort and it was the point where we needed to go to see a specialist about it. And uh, I was yeah. actually kind of nervous going to the hospital because I was like, oh, I don't know about like stomach related illness vocabulary right but then i was of course reminded as soon as i got there and explained the situation explained her symptoms and stuff that i was like oh yeah you don't need to know the uh, specialized terms all you need to know is just how to explain sort of what happened what were the series of events and you know how can i use layman's terms to explain it just like i would in english it's not like i need yeah exactly
1: yeah you would never go to a hospital and be able to explain everything in english
0: Right. Right. Exactly. And so um, and I had that experience and like we went through the whole thing and I just went, you know, my time in China, there's this thing that people will talk about who live here called China days. And really what they mean is a day where they're trying to get basic stuff done and they can't manage to communicate the right way or they're misinterpreted or and then sometimes a little bit of it is like the normal bureaucracy of any big society or big system that, you know, it's like, not only do they not understand you, but also their system has got a lot of red tape or something. And yeah, they'll just feel yeah, frustrated yeah. and have China days. And I want to, I sometimes want to say, like, Mandarin Blueprint, reduce your China days. Because, like, while you yeah. get yeah. rid of them entirely, necessarily, it does diminish them a lot. Because, you know, so many situations day to day, just being able to ask simple questions or being able to, uh, you know, know how to ask directions somewhere or... Or know or, you know just be able to talk to somebody and be like hey is this is the good restaurant or is like do you think this other one's better or, yeah you know, that type of thing is makes life here a lot uh, more you know it, it it it's there's so many great things about living in China or at least spending time in China like the the payment system so efficient uh, there's great you know like the the delivery services are all amazing the um, a lot of things are cheap if you know where to find them um, and if you don't know yeah. where to find them you'll get you'll end up paying a lot extra and so if you learn yeah. Chinese you can really thrive uh and you know get to have a lot of what's very similar in the west but less expensive you yeah. <laughs> know so it's kind of yeah it's kind of nice yeah. in that way so I'm sure that yeah you know, I have I a think like, to spend more time here
1: yeah yeah definitely I mean so my dad as I was growing up my dad spent a lot of time in Malaysia um and generally tra- so traveling around um southeast China um and like sort of um, like Thailand, Vietnam, that kind of area. Sure. Um, and he would always say, like the the places that I found I could enjoy being the most were those places where I would where I knew a local, um, because then you can actually probably like s- submerge yourself in, in the culture. And I had a similar experience. Um, I'd been working in in Beijing for um, a week, and. The, my, the company I, I used to work for had a really good policy where if you were working somewhere, you could have a day at the start of your trip and a day at the end of your trip just to, you know, free of work so that you could see a bit of the place that you're in. Um, and I'd been at dinner the night before um, my last day with um, the CEO because that, that was very similar, very sort of standard procedure. It's like the last night of the trip, you go for dinner with the CEO and the people you've been working with and you do all the customary you know things like that. Um, and before I left, he'd said to me, um, Oh, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, Oh, no, he's going to ask me to go back in. Um, but he said, well, one of our sales guys, he's a fluent English speaker and he's lived in the of Beijing his whole life. Um, mm-hmm. I'll send him to pick you up at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, and he took me for like a guided tour of mm-hmm. Beijing for like yeah. nearly 12 hours. Um, and took me to the good places to eat, and like took me for a tour of the city, and just having like a one-on-one guided tour experience of the city um, was just like just totally changed my um, my outlook. Because on my first day, you know, I'd been for a bit of a wander around and like looked at a few things and tried to sort of figure it out on my own. I mean, I'm I'm really tall. Um, I'm about 6'6 six, six, um, and I just got like lots of like blank looks and oh, yeah. sort of staring <laughs> and and pointing um, I mean Beijing it was a lot less of that compared to some of the more sort of yeah. um, rural oh, regions yeah. that I've been to um, but you know when, when I was with the, this other guy like I just got so much more out of that that day um, because he was there to sort of, you know, obviously he knew the city really well, but anything that was written in Chinese that may not necessarily have been translated into English because they may not see it as like, oh, this is actually really interesting. You know, you get all the touristy stuff, but there was other stuff, you know, inscriptions on some of the statues and that kind of thing um, that he was able to translate that were, you know, really added to it.
0: Yeah. Much richer experience that way. Mm, yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, I'm sure that you're going to be able to get a lot more out of the next time you come here, whenever it uh, becomes possible. Um, yeah. I think that is probably within the next uh, year or so they'll start having tourist visas again. Um, but uh, yeah. And actually there's a, speaking of like good people to have around or tours that you can do with people uh, when you travel, there's this great uh, company here in Chengdu called Chengdu food tours And uh, it's run by a guy named uh, uh, a Canadian guy named Jordan, who um, has you know lived in Chengdu for years, has a uh, a wife from Chengdu, and um, he gives tours uh, to people who are traveling around in Chengdu specifically to find those places that aren't like not going to come up number one on the list of like where you should go or whatever because there's so much good in Chengdu, and uh, he just sort of like takes you around to those places. you know, and I, I hope that he's still like keeping his business afloat despite tourism obviously going way down. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a it's a great experience. So many people who do it are like this was the best thing about the trip. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I totally Absolutely. agree with you on that point. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the uh, Mandarin Blueprint course. So you, mm-hmm. um, got started on pronunciation mastery, and then you've done the foundation course. So there's several you know, layers to the course. So let's just kind of go through them. Um, When you started with pronunciation mastery, what was your impression of that course? And how do you think of starting with pronunciation in that way?
1: I think it was really good. I mean, I, I, so before I started the course, I'd probably done about three months of um, like kind of self-study online tutor um, work. And you know, obviously the pronunciation is one of those things that if you just get it done and, and get it down, like your, the ease of continuation from that point is, is so much more because um, you're not spending your time like focusing on like, oh, am I saying this right? Obviously you have to think about it, but it's, it's just much more natural. Um, and it, it's just like, rather than every time you learn a new word, there being this barrier of like right how do I get my mouth around that mm-hmm. you know you just you just pick it up much much easier and much much quicker um so I, you know I really enjoyed it and and had really positive feedback from my tutor about like how quickly and and significantly my pronunciation had improved
0: yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Luke did a really good job with that course. And I think that it's sometimes I think with pronunciation, it's best to, to learn from somebody who's not a native, but learned the language just because they can explain it to you. It's just easier for them to just say, like, you know, put your tongue here. You might want to say this like this, but it's actually like that, um, you know, especially because the pinion is not really perfect. Um, it's not the best romanization of Chinese, I don't think. I think the Yale romanization is the best yeah. one, in my opinion, but they didn't adopt it. So like, you need to learn the pinyin so that yeah. you can type and you, know, you can read things that are written in pinyin. So there's several things that pinyin does that go against your English instinct like just the letter c alone mm-hmm. it's like you don't you, you see yes. the letter c by itself and your instinct is to say like the k sound or something right or at least yes. like an s sound so you don't expect it to be like you know tall or something like that so that's uh, yes. it's the kind of thing where you need to learn it from somebody who knows, ah, you're going to think this, but it's actually this and here's how to think. Yeah, about it definitely. And so I, I, definitely. I think that it's, it's always good to start with that. But then, um, of course, our flagship product is the Mandarin Bluebird method, which is uh, all about, you know, learning character by character, which isn't to say we don't go into much more than that. But like we, uh, you know, sort of base everything around the characters and we teach this method for learning characters that involves uh, a systemized mnemonic um, scene making like movie scene making which we call the hens and movie method so when you got into that um well i guess first of all have you had any experience with mnemonics uh beforehand and what was your experience going into uh our uh method
1: so i have not had i've not used this kind of method on on anything before Mm. um and i'm not gonna lie when i first started it i was like this is gonna be so much effort Like making a mental scene fit for like fifteen hundred characters, like oh my god, like that's that's so much work. (laughs) Um, But like I, you know, I'd heard of a few people who had like pretty good um, sort of results pretty quickly, and Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll you know I'll give it a go. I'll try ten, and if I don't like it, then you know, sure, it is what it is, Um, and within those first 10 I was like ah like this with the way that I think about things like this really works for me and like this whole visualizing thing and breaking it down um you know really helps me to to sort of pick it up um you know I I have quite a sort of mathematical brain like I've, I've always been that side of things and I initially I was worried that you know like, I'm not super creative, so, you know, I'm probably going to struggle a bit with coming up with something, but it's, it's really not difficult to, to do it. Right. Um, and there, there was a tip, I can't remember if it was yourself or Luke, who said it in one of the earlier videos. He's like, if the first thing that comes to your mind is totally ridiculous, even better, like, go with that. Mm-hmm. And that bit of advice, like, really sort of sped me up amount of times i've been like i can't really use that because that doesn't it's not like you know that doesn't seem like something that i would remember that's just like a random thought from right now um and tried to like force it into like an everyday situation that i would be able to remember and actually those ones ended up being the ones i would forget because they were too like too easy to to sort of mush together Um, and that just you know it took it took me from sort of sitting there and thinking for for five minutes down to you know when you talk about fifteen to twenty seconds to get it you know, for each new character, um, and then initially I was I was kind of I kind of battled with myself a little bit over like you know oh I forget a scene I'd be like right I just need to remember that scene and then like how do I like, why can't I keep remembering that one? But then forgetting that like, you can adapt them over time and you have to, like, the more times you remember it, even, even every time you see it, if you just add something else that, like, really screws it in. Yeah. Um, you know, adding the sounds or um, making it a bit more dramatic or whatever it is, um, like, really helped to... Yeah, to solidify some. And some of them are ones where I've thought, like, it's a really abstract word, and I can't even think of, like, there's no way I can think of how to visualise that. And actually, those ones have been the ones that I've remembered. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, partly because they're the ones that I've needed to remember. You know, Mm -hmm. some of them, like, uh, as you go, you know, some of my, like, hanky reviews are, like, over two years now. Until, like, my next review. And those ones I, I just I just know what they are now like I can just write them without even really thinking about it um, but the ones where like I've had to really think about it and had to really try and process it like those are probably my best mental scenes that mm-hmm. that I have they're the most developed ones because you kind of need them to be right and um, so rather than just worrying about like oh what if this isn't right like you, your brain will just adapt to it. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll, yeah you'll remember it eventually
0: yeah that's really cool uh i it reminds me of uh so many of the things that i've um you know kind of had to teach myself over the years when it comes to remembering this stuff is that you're essentially like building one way you could think of it is you're building a framework to find the knowledge you know, it's like the knowledge is there, you're trying to use the things that are easy for us to remember, like faces, places, objects, movements, all that stuff. But you're just kind of trying to create that framework. And like, you can always either rebuild a part of the framework or add to it, you know, and so like, that's a great point that you make about and it's great advice for anybody who's on the course that like, you know, you can always just add a little bit each time if you're having trouble, you know, and then, of course, many of them, you just end up remembering because the there's not just the character itself. I mean, of course, we also apply the character to words and then we apply the, the the word to sentences. And then eventually, you know, especially for the super high frequency characters, you see them so much that you don't even need the scene yeah. anymore after a certain point. And then like, also, it's not as if, you know, obviously we're against rote memorization uh, as a way of learning, but it's not as if you can't memorize if it really came down to it. Like if you were really, really struggling with a a scene for some reason, you could just kind of force it into your head if you needed to. I mean, obviously most of the time you don't need to, but like it's one of those things where people can sometimes get a little bit too focused on that their scene's not working. And sometimes it's like, yeah, but, you're just going to learn this character anyway naturally because you're going to see it so much. So, like, exactly, you yeah. it perfectly through the Henson movie method? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for not using it. I think the Henson movie method is the better choice, you know, the vast majority yeah, of the definitely. time. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a... Uh, I, I think the thing on that... Yeah.
1: I think the thing on that is, like, you... It's, it's almost not rote memorization because you just... You go over it so many times in in by looking at words that contain it using your your hands and movie method reading whatever it is and eventually your brain will just adapt and pick it up um like it's not necessarily like one technique or one thing it's just it's repetition but but not like deliberate like right i'm going to read this character every day for a week it's like you'll just you'll just pick it up and I, i think all learners of, of any language have that thing of like you look back to three months ago and you're like how could I not remember that thing like
0: mm-hmm.
1: how has that happened because now yeah. you've seen it so many times and you've done it so many times that that it's just easy you know uh, an easy thing to do um, yeah and there was yeah, a time I, I mean, when you didn't, yeah, a time you didn't know what
0: shirt was
1: yeah absolutely know where
0: do was like that existed yeah. in, in living memory very easy to remember at that time but it's weird because now those things are like so normal yeah you know uh but yeah totally yeah yeah um so okay so then now you've been going through since you've gone through the entire foundation course you've done a lot of characters and so you know mm-hmm. 592 characters at least and so now when you learn a new character how long on average does it take you to to go from you know, arriving at the page for the new character and you know moving on to the next lesson because you feel like your scene is good enough?
1: I mean, it's, it's really quick at this point, you know, and probably 15 or 20 seconds to just go for it. And, and I think nice. part of that is confidence in the method. You know, initially when you're just getting your feet under the table and you're trying to figure it out, you spend a lot of time on each one just trying to solidify it and being like, right, I, I've definitely got this now. And yeah. then you move on. Whereas I've, it's probably a bit too like blasé now, but I'm, I'm almost like, right, I think, I think that's what it is. I'll move on to the next one because I know over the next few days and weeks, I'm going to pick this yeah. up and I'm going to refine it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a bit of a sort of, I tend to do like big chunks of, of things. So I'll do like 15, 20 characters in, in one go And then I'll like chunk through those a bit and learn them over the next few days and then I'll come back and I'll, like I make sure I'm doing something every day. Sure. But I tend to have these spurts of like, right, I'm gonna do loads today because, you know, I've got time and, Mm -hmm. you know, I I can do a bunch here. And I I think, um, yeah, I've definitely sort of moved into thinking about it more as like, right, I've seen this character now, I've written it a couple of times, I've made a movie for it and I'll, and I'll refine that as I go. So thick, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. um, and that, that works for me. Um, and I, I quite like that feeling of like progress and I know people are different. Some people like to sort of really tie it down before they move on. Sure. Um, to for, for me that, that works.
0: Well, your way is certainly more efficient because it's like, you're gonna, uh, you know, it's easy to let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And it's like, you know, so many, so many times, you know, it's it's so hard to predict ahead of time, which character is going to give you problems and which character is going to be super easy. And if you just kind of go with like, all right, I've got a framework. I've built my frameworks for these 15 to 20 characters. Like a framework doesn't mean it's like perfectly memorized forever, but it means that there's something right. that you can build upon. And that's better than just like writing it a hundred times, like without a doubt. And it's so quick. So, um, yes, yeah, that, that can be really cool. So, um, so with that in mind also, though, you know, you're you at the point where you know about 80% of Chinese by frequency now because you've covered the most frequent characters, you've covered the most frequent words. You know, if you're seeing any Chinese in the wild, or maybe you're talking to your tutor or you're, you know, just sort of um, coming across Chinese outside of Mandarin Blueprint, although maybe with inside Mandarin Blueprint as well, but how much are you noticing that you're recognizing?
1: Loads. I mean, even... I think a lot of it is is ones that you see a bunch of characters and there might, there might be one character in the middle, you're like, I don't know what that means, but from the rest of it, you can kind of pick up mm-hmm. what it means. And, and you know, where I live in, in Bristol in the UK, like we have a, quite a, a significant um, sort of Chinese, Asian um, student population and right. the shops and like restaurants are starting to reflect that um, over the last few years. And there is more and more um, Chinese characters on shop fronts and on menus, which is really nice to me. Like I can walk into work sure. and just practice by like seeing um, like a couple of characters and just, you know, and being like, ah, like I, I can now see what that is. Um, I can understand it and, you know, and it, and it all feeds in, like, I think, the the biggest thing for me, and it was the same when I was learning French, but is is about having like an ecosystem of things that help you to learn, and um, and like manner and blueprint is kind of like the foundation of what I'm doing, and that's what I build up to. So any time I read something outside of it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm not really going to memorize it because I'll probably come across those characters in the course anyway. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's great. I've seen it now. I know what it means. I'll probably see it again at some point. Yeah. So like, and then it will be relevant because it'll be in context again, and I'll kind of remember it that way. Um, And then like having my tutor, so like I get a lot of speaking practice. um, And she's like really, really good with helping me practice. Like, will Um, like I I don't really like um, the idea of of grammar. Like I've I've always worked off like I'll read some stuff and I'll watch some stuff and I'll pick it up. Um. And she's really good at sort of like giving me the framework of being like, right, here's a grammar point, but we're just going to chat. We're going to use this grammar point like as much as we can for the next 20 minutes. Right. You know, it could be like a bar sentence. And initially I could not get my head around the whole thing of like, why do you just move stuff around in the sentence? Because this bar thing and (laughs) certain ones where you can use it and can't, but now I've kind of got it because we'll just talk and we'll just use that as much as we can. Yep. Um, yeah that's
0: a good teacher great a good teacher will yeah, she, take this like take the idea and just do it several times and then maybe even like after they've done it several times be like okay so here's what i was doing you know but yeah. after you've already kind of figured out the yeah story, and, and
1: she'll kind of continue it week on week so you know we'll we'll be chatting about something else and I've, i'll just notice she's using this one like structure all the time um because it's something that i'm really weak on um which is really good so so like i get a lot of speaking practice through her um and then like um uh, i do a lot of reading as well um like creative readers like i use mandarin companion quite a lot mm. um and then like loads of podcasts um i'm not really at the level of my listening yet where i can listen to like a podcast that's fully in chinese mm. um but i try and listen to like ones that are half and half or even just like you know, I, I listen to like the stories and stuff that I've unlocked through foundation course um, in the background, like while I'm doing something just to, because I've, I've had it before with, with French where I was like, oh, I just can't tell what people are saying. Like they're, they're, they're like linking all their words together and I can't split everything up. And I was worrying about like, like why can't I understand this? But then I just, in, in trying to solve it, I listened to so much content that my brain just starts to pick it up, yeah. And it's and it's the same thing with Mandarin, and and it's harder because it's for a Westerner. It's it's a harder language to separate, um, you know. Yeah. And in
0: some ways, it's more staccato yeah. than French. Like so, French Pretty, is very yeah. legato. So I can see how words mixing together could be, yeah. you know, quite a challenge learning French. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, don't get me wrong, I still think obviously it's probably still harder because everything is so different about Mandarin. But, you know, when yeah. people speak Mandarin, uh, especially if it's standard Mandarin on a podcast or whatever, you know, it's like the words are often very clear. It's just sometimes you might not know yeah. that, that where the border is yeah. one more than the other. But like, it's like, um, yeah, it's a very staccato language compared to, you know, other ones. But yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, like, having that ecosystem of things that just, like, bring the language, like, into your life rather than trying to, like, learn it. You're just, mm-hmm. you're just like, absorbing it. Like, I sit down and, at, at night and I'll just, like, learn a few characters and then when I get in bed and I'll read a book and that's probably going to be something with some Mandarin in it. And, mm-hmm. like, on my way to work I'll listen to a podcast. And it, it just means that I don't then have to, like sit down and revise or sit down and the only thing that i have to do each day is finish off my flashcards, right um but that's just part of what i do but if you can like bring it into other parts of your life then it just becomes like it it doesn't feel like a chore if that makes sense like it's just it's just like something i'll have on the background or you know and it, it makes it much easier you know when i'm coming into to try and use it Mm -hmm. i just find that like we can have a conversation about something like similar to what you're saying about like the hospital stuff you know you realize actually oh yeah i I do know a few words to describe this and that or Mm. you know um and i think one of the things that i've I've really liked about the, the course um and doing this like building up of like characters and components um is like it gives you a good insight into some of the cultural side of things as well and i think that's really important um and it's also like gives you a talking point as well like I, I regularly chat to my tutor about be like oh i love this character today like you know and it's it's made up of these things i wonder why that is and either she will know or i will have brought something in and she'll be like i actually had no idea why that was that <laughs> and like you know or i'll say something like and she'll be like oh, i hadn't even thought of like that's why we say it that way or why it's written that way um sure which like you know is a is a it's a good good addition to to my learning uh,
0: yeah yeah i can make it very exciting um so tell me a little bit more about the uh sort of higher levels of uh, the you know phases three four and five getting into you know the the comprehensible input at various levels whether it's sentences or short stories or whatever i mean i know that In phase four, the initial short stories can be quite tough because we're not quite at the 98% level yet, uh, which we'll get more into in the intermediate course. But uh, how has that been going for you, getting that comprehensible input? So just for people who don't know what the course is about, when you get to phase three, you know enough characters that you can start putting the characters and words you know together to create simple sentences that don't, that are, you know, comprehensible they they're made up of what you already know and occasionally there's a top-down word but you know we try to have it as you know minimized and so how has that process been going for you uh and you know what is your feeling about how easy it is to grasp uh you know these sentences without the use of opinion
1: i i like it's been it's been really good for me in terms of again just that thing of like accepting that there'll be days when you can't figure it out, you can't grasp the meaning of it. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep keep reading, keep churning through them. And eventually, like, they make sense. And you, you know, initially, the shorter sentences really help because you, you know, you're just trying to see that character that you've learned as much as you possibly can, Um, and in different situations and all that kind of thing. And then you, by building up into a story, you're then just like adding more and more layers, and that you see that character in, in an even wider context of three or four lines, um, and and again, like I I know that some people like really like tutors, and some people prefer not to have them. But having you know having all of the, all of these sentences where you can work through them and mm-hmm. see, particularly when you can like read it, have a guess press a button and it's like no you were you were way off this morning like what, what, are you, <laughs> what are you doing um but then I can just send that sentence to my to my teacher and be like I can't figure out why this is this is this thing like I know I can see logically that it goes from that to that because it's you know the translation works um and then she can build into my lessons like oh you know we'll, we'll just use this kind of sentence like regularly and you'll figure it out And then that sentence becomes easy as we go through, uh, and as I review, Um, and it just builds up more and more. And I think I think the stories um, that you you guys have put into the sort of the levels four and five, um, they've really helped me kind of move integrated readers as well, Um, because they're like pretty short, pretty accessible, and before I'd I tried to use like The Chairman's Bow and, and those kind of graded readers. And I just really couldn't get into it in terms of like opening up the app and finding a story that I thought was like relevant and that I'd be mm-hmm. interested in finding one of, of my level. And i I've really, I, I wasn't enjoying like trying to use it. Yeah. Um, and then I got like more and more practice reading sentences through the course whilst I was learning the characters um, and more and more practice of, and then stringing those sentences together to the point right. where reading a paragraph of, of um, Mandarin wasn't as tiring as it had been, you know, six weeks previously. Um, and then you can read a full story. And then now I've read a Mandarin, uh, a Mandarin companion book of 60 pages. Um, and right. that was a really enjoyable experience rather than it taking like, a year to get through and, you know, and just bashing my head against the wall with it. Sure. So it's a really nice, like, way of building up that exposure to longer form um, in a a way that, like, I couldn't do initially because I couldn't find anywhere I could read a sentence knowing that I know probably most of the characters in it um, and then building it up. And like fight like fighting against that fatigue wall that you hit when you're trying to like yeah read as much as you can um it a, yeah it's a good way of, of picking up more and more content
0: that's awesome yeah you know one of the things that i've um you know sort of always thought is that mandarin blueprint is you know not kind of directly in com- competition with a lot of these other services out there like mandarin companion or chairman's bell because we mostly help people be able to use their services well you know so it's like that's a perfect example of that there where you know chairman's bow without mandarin blueprint might be a little bit inaccessible but if you do you know build up into it then suddenly a bunch of things open up and of course our uh, proprietary graded readers one of the things that makes them you know nice and it's one of those things that As we continue to build out the course, uh, we'll continue to do this is that we know exactly what we're sure you know and I mean I'm sure that like, you'll probably know more than that but we at least know for sure you should know these characters and these words, Uh, you know, maybe you'll need to solidify some of these newer words a bit but you basically you know them and so when we write, we can just try to be very precise with the language and just be like, okay, and it gets easier and easier the, the further along into the course you are like, you know, we're Absolutely. giving our we're writers giving stuff medicine. to do in the uh, upper intermediate and advanced course that we're building right now. And it's just much easier for them because they're just like, okay, just, yeah. just try to avoid using really advanced words and just here's, your, yeah. here's their word list of what they know, see if you can keep it to this vocabulary. And it just makes it uh, so much easier Uh, And of course, Chairman Bauer or Mandarin Companion, while certainly are a great addition to Mandarin Blueprint by themselves, they can't be sure what your level is or exactly what you know. They can say, okay, this is an HSK3 level text, um, you know, which is fine, but like, you know, do you know everything about the HSK3? Did you really learn all the characters properly? You know, and there's all that uh, issue. So that's what's nice about our system is you can, we can know exactly what you know um
1: yeah I, I think so just jump on that one like I, I think it's I, I almost feel like it's like the the base of my learning so like yeah. I am making progress and like building up this this base of like the language through the course right. and then I have all these other little things that I like dip into and out of and and like it's like oh I've seen all these characters in my my course that's great and then like I find a bunch that I don't know and I'll just run back to the course and try and learn some more um, and like, you know, try and progress that way and then I can go back and read some different stuff. And it's sure. like, at the end of the day, like all of these other things that I'm using, like it all comes back to like building up this foundation of, of characters that I've, that I've got. Cause I mean, I, I was probably the same as everybody who starts learning Chinese. I was told like, oh, you know, it takes years for people to learn you know, characters even natives like it takes some years through school to like learn all the characters and whatever and like mm-hmm. you know by the time you've done 600 and in, in six months or whatever having not really you know at no point I've been like right I'm gonna crack on and do loads of characters this week like I've just been churning along and mm-hmm. like, making sure I stay on top of doing it yeah um, but I haven't ever ever been like right I've, I've got to really get on and and do it now, um, Yeah, it's easy to pick them up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, you, you, you've reminded me of a couple things there where um, when I was learning through the Heisig book originally, and you know, like basically if you take the method like you're doing where you are not just doing the course, but you're also exposing yourself to lots of Chinese and other contexts, um, what it ends up doing is it creates excitement about characters you haven't yet learned so like I, w- I used to be in the Isaac book and I remember I would look ahead to find out where's the character that I keep seeing uh I keep seeing it yeah. out and about in the wild and the where is it and like I would either get to it and be like oh great I'm, I'm at this character now or I would like look ahead and try to find it uh, just because I wanted to get there and so like that's another argument for you know making sure that you're expanding what you're doing to beyond the scope of just mandarin blueprints, so that you can build up you know excitement for what you're doing in the future and uh it's kind of funny because i'm kind of going through that a little bit again now in preparing the advanced course because i'm seeing these characters and i'm going oh good i'm glad they're going to finally learn this character because so yeah it's a yeah i've been
1: through like several times and gone to like level 57 and been like look at all these ones that like That I could learn that I see sometimes yeah you know uh, and and, like just flick through the page just to see like what kind of characters I'll be learning by the time I get to that that point Um,
0: yeah definitely agree with that
1: like excitement thing is is definitely a big part of it
0: yeah so uh tell me a little bit about uh the sort of more community-based aspects of the course so you know every lesson has a comment section and uh there is a community forum and of course, you know, Luke and I are pretty engaged in the course. So uh, what's your experience of that been and, you know, how has it affected your uh, experience of the course?
1: Um, for me, like I haven't left a huge amount of comments, I wouldn't say in the in the course, um, but I find it really helpful and I and I should, um, because I find it really helpful when I'm trying to, like, you know, we spoke about earlier about like, the abstract characters when you can't think of a scene to, to cover it and mm. looking in the comments and somebody will have come up with a genius way of doing it mm. um, or, or a prop that just like is the perfect thing for you and I think yeah. like you yeah. know particularly with the prop stuff there's usually like seven or eight different ideas in there um, and they're, they're totally different you know yeah like uh, some of them are just like so far away from the one that you guys have suggested. Um, yeah. And then, and then you just realize like, yeah, that that one like really works for me because sure. it just links up with something that you, you associate with. Um, I think having that as is a really good sort of like tool to, to help out. Um, and, and I think like those people who are really good at uh, like, jotting down their story and, and a, a couple of them are like, really have like developed a way of writing it out which is really easy like list all of the um like the props the the things at the start of before they write the paragraph Um, you know and that that really helps Um, and i think like with the podcast um not only is it is it really good in that you get your own questions answered but you hear like other people's questions that you probably didn't realize that you'd stumbled over as well Mm -hmm. Um, and the amount of times i think it, is it rick um that comments quite a lot and like the number of questions he's asked and i think like oh it's a good job you asked that one because i was about to comment that or like
0: yeah <laughs>
1: um, yeah there's a lot know,
0: there's yeah. a few people who ask a lot of great questions uh over and over and a lot of people who share stuff um over and over yeah. and it's it's you know I, I love it because it gives us uh you know it's funny so every now and then i find myself feeling like oh boy the podcast has a lot of questions this week it's like kind of but that's like so much better than the alternative where nobody cares and they're just like you know <laughs> there's no questions yeah. so uh yeah yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah and it's I, I think it
1: really helps with that you know the podcast I I always find is a really good like you know we talk about getting more content in, but it's a really nice way of having something on in the background and passively just picking up more and more um like Chinese exposure like you'll be reading out something that someone has asked and there'll be a couple of sentences in there and you'll read them straight out Mm -hmm. and I might not be concentrating. And I'll suddenly hear something and be like, Oh, I knew knew what that was. Like, I just heard it off the bat and I I I know what that meant. Um, And it's, it's a really nice way of picking up more and more um, content. And, And also like, because the questions come in from every level, you know, right from the beginning to right at the top end, like, you get exposure to stuff that you haven't heard but also to stuff that you've heard and you now find easy but you didn't realize that like that has become really simple right um and like ones that like some of the sentences now that like i hear from questions in like level 13 or whatever at the time were like oh my god I'm, i'm gonna have to work quite hard to like figure this sentence out and now i hear them and i'm like oh yeah well obviously that's that yeah um, and it's quite yeah. nice like listening and, and hearing sentences again and being like it's it's a good reminder of like the progress that you've that you've made yeah
0: um, which is really nice totally totally so um uh, any suggestions for areas where we can improve the course i mean like i have i have several things that i want to do uh to improve the course but like just from your experience moving through it like was there anything where you're like ah they should really you know, add this in here or, or, or get rid of something or, you know, any, any thoughts on that?
1: I don't think I've, I've really got any, any particular features that I don't think are already like being handled. Like, I think the one thing that is hard and I hear it like across language communities all the time is that Anki is hard work. Yeah. Um, and like, I think it, I'm really looking forward to on. seeing like the new flashcard stuff that you guys are working on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but like that's not to say like I've I think Aki is great and like I've, yeah. I've used I've used it and it's been like the basis of my learning in, in this language and I've used it in other languages as well. So um, you know, so I think I think that'll be a really nice, like a nice feature. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I look forward to it. Like, and we even have thoughts of like an even more advanced version of it where like when you write in your prop, it... Populates all the cards that have that prop in it oh, later. Cool. Yeah. So, like, you would arrive at the card, and it would say, you know, uh, Robert De Niro in the bathroom of you know Aunt May's house, and uh, he has a badger and a spoon, and you know, like that will help you, you know, much yeah. more quickly figure out your scene because it, like, you know, that, that it's technically possible to do that. It's just kind of it's complicated to set up set yeah. that up, but like. Oh, I, I would love to have that because, you know, Anki is, yeah, uh, that, you know, it's the greatest mm-hmm. and worst thing ever. It's like, you know, on the one hand, yeah. it, it will it's make so you remember everything. You can't but get rid of it. Yeah. 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 So we're working on it. We're working on it. Hopefully we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there soon. We're, yeah. we're certainly we're almost to the point where we feel comfortable doing a beta test. Cause like, you know, we're trying to work with our developer on it um, meticulously ourselves first. So that the beta test isn't just like, consuming our lives <laughs> yeah. when it happens with all the problems yeah. but you know it's uh, hopefully pretty soon uh okay so my yeah. final question for you then for today's uh uh chat is just would you recommend mandarin blueprint
1: yeah absolutely I, I think it's a really good tool to form the basis of your of your learning um and it for me it's really unlocked access to other like other areas and other um you know uh, other tools so it's an it's enabled me to go away and read stuff it's enabled me to go and listen to stuff and and keep progressing and i think it's really nice having for for me anyway I, I really like having this like level structure of like you know i've learned other languages where you get to a point and you're like right well how do i make more progress in this language whereas it's having the characters it's really nice like right, I've learned 600 of them now. I can just learn the next 100 and the next 100, and, and you can keep yeah. pushing it, and, and it exposes you to so much more language that it's not just like, right, I've learned another character, but it's, I've learned another character, I've seen a bunch of sentences, I've read another story, um, I've seen it in XYZ context with a bunch of other characters that I've already seen in different contexts, and I'm now seeing again in a different, you know, um, and so it's a for, like i would highly recommend it for anybody at any stage as well you know mm. um whether you've literally never even learned a single word or if you you know if you're hsk three, four, whatever you know i think it's a great and really really good tool
0: yeah yeah well thanks so much for that uh feedback there has been a Great chatting with you, Alex. Uh, I think you have a lot of good insights and I hope that people on the course get a chance to listen to this because uh, I think you gave a lot of good uh, sort of windows into what it's like the further you get into the course, uh, you know, because many people early on, you know, there's who knows what they're going to be up against, you know, moving forward in their, in their mind. They're not sure how far they can go. I think you, I think you gave people a lot of uh, really good uh, food for thought today. So thanks for that. And uh, hopefully great. we can Thank talk you, again when you're finished with the intermediate course.
1: Hopefully that won't be too long. Yeah,
0: sounds good. All right. Well, thanks so much, Alex, and uh, we'll speak to you soon.
1: Thanks, Phil. Cheers.